The Hamlet Podcast, episode 67. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Macbeth with me, your host, Connor Hanretty. Greetings to you from a very wet and windy Dublin where I'm wrapped up warm and working on two podcasts for you this weekend. As our last episode ended, another messenger was arriving. At this stage, it's a brave man that will bring any further information to Macbeth, and sure enough, his news is not good at all. Macbeth himself has just given us his poignant, poetic, but very bleak view of life as he now sees it, sound and fury signifying nothing. But before we all succumb to such feelings, he snaps at the messenger. Thou comes to use thy tongue, thy story, quickly. The messenger is here to speak, and Macbeth wants him to get on with it. Perhaps there's a slight sense that he's hesitating before speaking. This is borne out in what he now says. Gracious my lord, I should report that which I say I saw, but know not how to do it. The poor servant is at a loss for words. He's trying to tell this angry boss what he has just seen, but it seems beyond words. He doesn't know how to describe it. Macbeth isn't much help. All he can advise is, well, say, sir. Spit it out, in other words. And so the messenger tries. As I did stand my watch upon the hill, I looked toward Burnham, and anon, methought, the wood began to move. Perhaps Macbeth hasn't shared this linchpin of his self-confidence among his cohorts, so, for the messenger, keeping his watch, it must have been an extraordinary sight to see the trees appear to march from Burnham towards Dunsinane. Whether or not he knows that this will distress Macbeth, it's a most impressive sight. Macbeth responds very hotly, finishing the messenger's line of verse with liar and slave. The messenger bravely continues. Let me endure your wrath, if it be not so. Within this three mile may you see it coming, I say, a moving grove. The messenger is prepared to be punished by Macbeth's anger if this isn't the case. He will endure his wrath if it be not so. They're now within three miles of Dunsinane and you can see them from here, a moving grove. It must have been an extraordinary sight. Macbeth, understandably rattled, responds with fighting words. If thou speakst false, upon the next tree shalt thou hang alive till famine cling thee. If thy speech be sooth, I care not if thou dost for me as much. I pull in resolution, and begin to doubt the equivocation of the fiend that lies like truth. Fear not, till Burnham Wood do come to Dunsinane, and now a wood comes toward Dunsinane. Arm, arm, and out. If this which he avouches does appear, there is nor flying hence nor tarrying here. I gin to be aweary of the sun, and wish the estate of the world were now undone. Ring the alarm bell, blow wind, come rack, at least we'll die with harness on our back. If this messenger is lying... Macbeth says that he'll be strung up from the nearest tree and left to starve to death. But if what he's saying is true, or sooth, 
Macbeth doesn't care if the messenger does the same to him. He says he pulls in resolution. This is a kind of weird phrase that stumps many editors. It could mean that he's reining in, he's pulling in his determination and resolution, like one might an unruly horse. He's starting to second-guess things now. He's certainly starting to have doubts. Other versions sometimes suggest that it should read I pull in resolution. This could tie nicely to our frequent discussion of paleness and ruddiness in terms of fear and life and death. If he pulls in the face of his resolution, it's because he's getting scared. Either way, he confesses his burgeoning doubts. He says he's beginning to doubt the equivocation of the fiend that lies like truth. It's interesting here that Shakespeare actually calls the witch's prophecies flat-out equivocation and suggests that it's all from the devil himself. Equivocation suggests ambiguity and duplicity, and finally Macbeth is realising that his absolute trust may have been unwise. The fiend, the devil, lies like truth, and he's been betrayed in deepest consequence. Now this moving grove is approaching and making him question everything. It's all crashing down as he quotes his cherished tenet, Fear not till Burnham Wood do come to Dunsinane, and now a wood comes toward Dunsinane. More directly than the last time we saw him putting on and taking off his armour, he now cries, Arm, arm and out. Get the armour on, and let's get out into the field and fight. The speech turns almost to a soliloquy now, as though Macbeth speaks directly to us. He also switches to rhyming couplets, adding a kind of motion and vigour to the concluding lines of this scene. If what the messenger has described is really happening, there's nothing to be done. He can't run away and he can't hang around waiting inside the castle. If this which he avouches does appear, there is nor flying hence nor tarrying here. Each of these couplets, there are three of them since powerful things in this play seem so often to come in threes, seems to build in resolution and in darkness. The first has said that if this is really happening, there's nothing to be done. The second echoes Macbeth's speech about how pointless the world is feeling now. He's becoming weary of the sun, of being alive, and wishes that the whole world order could be undone. I begin to be a-weary of the sun, and wish the estate of the world were now undone. This isn't the first time Macbeth has called on the destruction of the natural order, or of transgressing this. Even as he fantasised about killing Duncan, he imagined they'd jump the life to come. And then, when he visited the witches, he was so eager to hear from them, he didn't care if palaces and pyramids were squashed in the upheaval that it might cause. Indeed, even after Banquo's ghost so upended his banquet, he was still prepared to let the frame of things disjoint and let both worlds suffer so that he could get the security he craved. Now he is weary, wishing the whole world undone. But he has a third couplet to complete the scene, and a resolute one at that. Ring the alarm bell, blow wind, come rack, at least we'll die with harness on our back. Now that Burnham Wood is moving towards Dunsinane, we hear Macbeth acknowledge the possibility of death for the first time. But he will go out fighting. He calls for the alarm to be sounded, that they will be coming to fight. 
Perhaps this is a final echo within this scene of things that have gone before, this time recalling when Macduff shouted the same thing to wake the palace with the news of Duncan's murder. Macbeth calls on the winds to blow and invites destruction. Come rack, he cries. At least he'll die with his armour on and his sword in hand. And with that, Macbeth and the messenger charge off stage for the impending skirmish and we reach the end of Act 5, Scene 5. But stay tuned, because as promised, Act 5, Scene 6 will be coming to you very shortly indeed. So put the kettle on, and I'll be back to you before you know it.